Hello and welcome back to another episode of the DFS Today podcast and The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Wednesday, October 12th. A little bit of an unusual day for me to be recording a podcast. As I told you guys last week, I am away Thursday and Saturday, my normal podcasting days. So we are switching up the schedule this week. And today's episode will be a full slate breakdown. The full shebang, the spend ups, the value options, the core four, the betting trends, the sharp spotting, the line movement indicators, everything all at once on a Wednesday episode. For that reason, I will make the week five recap really short, really sweet, and we will move on really quickly. Before we get started, follow me on Twitter, at mfiddle14. Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and please give me a written review on Apple Podcasts and a five stars. Thank you very much. Okay. Week five recap sounds like this, short and sweet. In the betting world, I went seven and four in week five. I was plus 3.1 units. I started out horribly, uh, lost on Thursday night, lost in the early Sunday morning game in London on Sunday. Packers-Giants, I was on the Packers. Giants pulled that out of their ass. Ended up sweeping the board Sunday afternoon and Monday night. Let's hope we keep that same energy rolling. DFS equally went very well. I won every lineup that I entered. I played only cash games. I should have entered more tournaments this week. However, my lineup scored like nearly 200 points, and I clearly crossed the cash point line in every tournament. The core absolutely smashed. Our guy, Lenny Fournette, Lenny Cornette, as we call him around here on the DFS show, crushed. Uh, Who else was core? Jeff Wilson, smashed. We had OJ Howard in our lineup, and he was a goose egg, like literally zero. But because he costs so cheap, and because of how the other tight ends did, it ended up really not being an effect. Like Guys like Gerald Everett had one catch for three yards. Dalton Schultz, zero catches. Uh, Kittle, like four catches for 40 yards. Like very minimal points. We know Kelsey, Andrews, and Waller were not even available for that Sunday slate because they played in primetime games this week. So the tight end situation, and of course the whole Taysom Hill explosion, no one was playing Taysom Hill in cash games. So Taysom Hill's tight end explosion is very irrelevant to the DraftKings space. It ended up being having OJ Howard ended up being a plus play because even though he was a goose egg, he cost so much less than his counterparts. So bang for the buck, even though it was a negative price-to-point ratio, it was less negative for O.J. Howard than a lot of other players. Okay, let's move on and discuss some betting trends and Week 6 line movement. We will start with the Thursday night football game, the atrocious TV product on Amazon Prime between the Commanders and the Bears in Chicago. The Bears opened as a plus-one underdog. They are now at a minus-one, a slight favorite. We know that the plus one to the minus one in NFL football really isn't that valuable of a swing. However, that line movement does show us that the Bears, the home team, are the sharp side. So if you are going to play this game, which I am, it's Bears minus one. We know this game also opened at a 39 and a half. We saw it tick up a little bit and then hammered down below. So it got up to 40 at one point. And 40 is a key number, and we also know 38 and 40 are the two key numbers in low NFL totals. So once it reached 40, it was hammered towards the under. So now it's at 37 and a half because 38 is the other key number, and because they don't want more under exposure on this game, they are putting this line at 37 and a half, 
hoping more people come back in on the over, identifying that 38 and 40 are those key numbers. So a line at 37 and a half inherently holds value. If I had to bet the total in this game, I am betting the over, but I am not touching it. My bet will be on Bears minus one, and that's it. Okay, the next spot, let's talk about the Sunday games. We will start with the Buccaneers at the Steelers. This game opened with the Steelers plus eight and has since moved to plus eight and a half. The total has stayed put at 43 and a half. Sharp money coming in on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and no real major action on the total yet. I'm seeing a little bit of movement towards the over, but because it's at 43 and a half, I'll take a minute to explain this. We know the low key 40 total numbers are 40, 41, 43, and 44. So if you have a line at 43 and a half, you have the 43, 41, and 40 on your side. Whereas if this game landed at 44 or the next key number is 48 all the way up to 48, those two are on north of 43.5. You have three numbers south of 43.5 that are all key numbers in the 40s. So I like the under for this spot, but we're seeing a little bit of money come in towards the over. And here's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if there's a little bit of sharp groups trying to get this line up to a 44 so that they can come in on the other side and absolutely smash the under. We've heard guys like Billy Walters and Warren Sharp and Volgaris do this, where they put a little bit of money in one direction to move the line and then come back in with a 2x, 3x, 4x bet the other direction and pound it. They're intentionally moving the line to the number that they want. They're saying it's worth paying the VIG because this is a key number. And if they get this line to 44, I expect major action towards the under. So we're seeing this line a little bit juiced towards the over because I think some over bets are coming into it, but I think the market is also resistant to moving the line. For that reason, I think the under 43.5 is the right bet for this game. Colts versus Jaguars. This line is moving all over the place. Started at a Colts minus one and a half, reached a Colts minus two and a half. Now it's back down to a Colts minus one and a half. We'll have to check on some injury news for that. Colts are the sharp side for this game. They do not play the Jaguars well. However, that's generally in Jacksonville. Maybe it's a Florida Heat thing. Uh, Colts are getting healthy. They're getting their guys back. In the last few games, Trevor Lawrence not looked too good. We know that the public side is going to be the Jaguar side because of the history between these games. We are seeing currently on FanDuel, 54% of the bets placed are on the Jacksonville side. For me, that says get on the Colts side. I am on the Colts minus two. I obviously have lost half a point of CLV. I thought I was beating the line movement moving the other direction. I'm a little surprised to see it go back the other way. We'll see where this game ends up around Sunday. I am on Colts minus two, feeling quite good about it. We've seen some sharp action clearly on the Colts thus far this week. saints Bengals. this line has stayed put. Total as well. Really no movement. Um... I think it's a little crazy that the Bengals are road favorites. That's all I'll say. I don't think I'm going to play the Saints. I don't know if I'm ready to play Dalton. We'll see what James's health status is. I don't think that makes a huge difference in the line, however. But I feel a little more confident with a guy like James at the helm. Uh, Saints at home as underdogs interests me. I'm not on it yet, but it interests me. Jets Packers. Uh, Jets, winning record. Both New York teams, shout out. MetLife Stadium, winning football is back. This game opened with Jets plus 7.5. 
I guess this game is actually in Lambeau, not at MetLife Stadium. However, we have seen winning football at MetLife Stadium thus far this season. Uh, there is money coming in on the Jets. It went from plus 7.5, now down to plus 7. So a little bit of sharp money coming in on the Jets. I think the Sharps are just doubting the Packers' ability to blow out anyone. I think we know the Packers are probably going to win this game. But the Jets are keeping up with teams, and the Packers are not breaking away from teams. Combine those two factors and a big point spread at 7. Sharp money coming in on the Jets. The total sits at 45.5. It opened at 44.5. So we're seeing over money come in as well. Okay, let's talk about Patriots versus Browns. This line opened at a Patriots plus three. It is now at Patriots plus two and a half. Sharp action on the Patriots. This line opened for the total at 42. It is all the way up to 43 and a half. A lot of action towards the over in a Bailey Zappi versus Jacoby Brissett game. Wow. You will not find me on the over. You will not find me playing the total at all because of the trend towards the over. But the line being at 43.5 does not hold a lot of value if you want to play an over. I am on the Patriots plus three. I think the Patriots are the right side in this game. I think the Patriots money line could be a little sneaky plus money bet as well. Dolphins versus Vikings. Money coming in on the Vikings. It might be a reaction to Dolphins injury news. Let's wait and see who's going to be the quarterback of the Dolphins this week. I think it's going to be Bridgewater because he was formerly never diagnosed with a concussion. He was just ruled a no-go by the spotter based on the new rules. Uh, sharp action coming in on the Vikings. Like I said, it's gone from three to three and a half. The total, let me check that really quick. The total for this game is 45 and a half. I'm on the under. It actually has been at 45 and a half the whole time at FanDuel. But on DraftKings, it opened at 46.5 and, and was bet down to 45.5. I got the under 46.5 on DraftKings. Not real crazy action in this game towards the total. However, these teams play so fast, yet this line kind of is a little fishy, right? 45.5, a little bit of a no-man's land between a high-scoring game and a low-scoring game with two teams that play fast. You would think that this line should be sitting at 48. However... I'm not buying it. I'm thinking Vegas is pulling some kind of tricks. They know something that we don't know. This line is artificially low. This is screaming action from the public towards the over. I'm fading the public and going under. Also, we're seeing sharp action. 46 going down to 46 and a half, going down to 45 and a half on DraftKings shows that the under is the right play. I still think there's value in taking the under 45 and a half for Dolphins versus Vikings. Giants versus Ravens. This game opened at Giants plus six. It is now down to Giants plus 5.5. The total opened at 43.5. It is now at 44.5. So if it goes from plus six to plus 5.5, the line got worse for the Giants, meaning there's money coming in on the Giants. If the line moved from 43.5 to 44.5, the line got worse for people who want to take the over, which means there's money coming in on the over. Right, guys? That should make total sense. Sportsbooks want to have equal exposure on both sides so they change the odds based on where the money is coming in so as long as we could track where the lines are moving we know where the money is and we know we can position ourselves with the people who are betting big bucks that is the premise of everything we do in football betting we spot the sharps and then we follow them into the waters sound good okay let's keep going Falcons opened at a plus six at home. It is now down to plus five and a half. 
Same thing as the Giants game. That means a little bit of Falcons money coming in against the 49ers. Also over money. This game opened at a 42. It is now at 44 and a half. Wow. That you cannot take this line at 44 and a half because we know 44, 43, 41, and 40 are the key totals. And the next key total is 48. So if you want to play the under, it's a good spot. But it feels like this line is a trap. I will not touch this 44 and a half total. Very scary line. Very sharp line from FanDuel right there. Panthers versus Rams. The Rams are a 10 and a half point favorite. And all of me wants to jump on the Panthers, but I just can't do it. You have the new coach angle. You have the new quarterback angle. You have the fact that the Rams stink. They have the worst offense in the NFL. Their offensive line is trash. Stafford looks horrible. They have no run game. And their defense has not been performing that well either. This game has a total of 40 and a half points. There are correlated values of taking the underdog in games where there are low totals. If there's less points scored, inherently it's harder for the Rams to cover a big point spread. Ten and a half is a huge point spread in football. However, this line opened at 10 and it's gone to 10 and a half. It's gone to 11 in some spots. That shows that this is clear Rams money coming in, which scares the shit out of me. So for right now, I have no bets on this game. My gut tells me Panthers. The line movement tells me Rams. Pick your poison. For me, that means no bet. Seahawks Cardinals. This line has stayed put. Both the line and the total. 51 and a half for the total. We know 51 and 52 are key numbers. That line is, what do you think this is going to be? Is it going to be a 51 game? Is it going to be a 52 game? Pick your poison. I am staying away from the total because that is, again, really sharp line. Uh, The minus two and a half, plus two and a half situation makes me think the Cardinals are the right play. I've heard some other people who I really trust say they're going to back the Cardinals in this spot as well. Seahawks have been playing so well. They have a great home field advantage, and they're playing at home against the Cardinals who stink. This line makes not a lot of sense. It should be closer to a pick For that reason, I think the book is, again, knowing something that I don't know. They are better at pricing lines than I am. I am good at finding fishy lines and finding sharps in the market. So when I identify a fishy line, I like to say this line stinks and I'm going to play it the other direction that I normally would. So if I'm playing this Cardinals game, I'm saying this line stinks like some rotting fish, like I'm at the fish market, and I'm playing the Cardinals. Bills Chiefs. This is the Super Bowl Sunday of week six. I got the Bills. I got the Bills at minus 1.5. It's now to a minus 2.5. Clear sharp money on the Bills. Over a state flat at 53.5. Kind of like the under but I'm not going to touch the total. It might be a complete shootout. This is the Super Bowl for the Bills. This is a revenge game for the Bills. This is a big narrative spot for the Bills. The Chiefs are rolling. They're in a division that's faltering. That's not as good as everyone expected. And they're 4-1, and one, even though their offensive line kind of stinks. Their defenses have been letting up a lot of big plays. So I like the Bills in this spot. I feel like they're the much better team, and they have more to play for. So getting this at minus 2.5, I'm comfortable taking the Bills for sure in this spot. Cowboys plus six. 
at the Eagles. There has been a little back and forth money. This line opened at six, went down to five and a half. I bet it at five and a half. Now it's back to six. Screw me, right? Yeah, I got screwed. I'm on the Cowboys plus five and a half. I'm going to keep that ticket in. Similar to this Bills Chiefs game, this is kind of a Super Bowl for the Cowboys. If the Cowboys can pull this win off against the undefeated Eagles in their division, their chances of making the playoffs in the NFC to either win their division or get one of the other wildcard spots is exceedingly high. This is a make or break game for the Dallas Cowboys, and they're about to get Dak Prescott back and start rolling where their schedule gets a lot easier. So I like the Cowboys in this game. Taking them at a plus six, I really like that. The little back and forth money means there are sharp teams on both sides. So hard to know which side you should be in on because you don't know which sharp groups are where. I like the Cowboys in this spot. I like playing the motivation factor the same way that I'm playing the motivation factor in the Buffalo Bills Chiefs game. We've also seen the total tick down from 43.5 to 42.5. And and we know there's correlated values of taking the underdog with a lower total and a game sharp towards the under take the Cowboys, take the points. Chargers versus Broncos. That is the last game. That is our Monday night game. I think we are about done and fed up with Russ in primetime. So hopefully that is cooked. I think that's the right adjective to use for Russ right now. <laughs> Let Russ cook or is Russ cooked? You guys tell me. Uh, so Chargers open at a minus six. Broncos money again. There's Sharps keep backing the Broncos. I guess the Broncos keep burning them a little bit. We know the Sharps love defenses, and they love get-right offenses. So that's what we're seeing with the Broncos. There's sharp money coming in on the Broncos. We're also seeing under money, 46.5 going down to 45.5. Correlated value of taking the under and the Broncos. That is what we are seeing in this game. That is the full betting slate breakdown for Week 6. My bets are Bills minus 1.5, Jets Packers over 44, Bucks, Steelers under 43.5, Chargers, Broncos under 46.5, Dolphins, Vikings under 46.5, Patriots plus 3, Colts minus 2. Sound good? They're all one unit for me. Let's move on to the DFS space. We are breaking down the entire slate today. Spend ups, spend downs what the optimizers are pulling out, and what the core four is likely going to be for cash tournaments. Uh, we have a Chiefs versus Bills game this week. The spend-up quarterback is Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. Lock it in. You're playing one of those guys if you're playing a cash game. I will be on the Josh Allen side. Josh Allen, chances of core, 95% right now. Mac Jones, I don't know why, Mac Jones is the name that the optimizer keeps spitting out. Maybe because we've seen that game so heavily sharp towards the over. Maybe because, is Mac Jones even back or is Bailey Zappi playing? I don't know. Mac, I guess Mac Jones might be back. I certainly don't trust playing Mac Jones off an injury. But that's what the optimizers are saying, so I'm going to let you guys know. Two names that I like for a good price-to-point ratio are Tom Brady and Geno Smith. Someone go look up the Geno Smith highlights. If you have not seen what Geno Smith is doing with the ball this year, please go look. It is actually incredible. He has the highest completion rate in the NFL. 
And normally you think, oh yeah, like Drew Brees, check downs, high completion rate, Tom Brady, check downs, high completion. No. He also has the third highest average depth of target. Geno Smith is throwing the ball at a Tua average distance, like third in the NFL, and completing the most passes. He's actually balling out. He can really be played in a DraftKings sense, especially going against the Cardinals, especially if their star corner, Byron Murphy, is out. So, if you're going to go budget, I'm going Brady, I'm going Geno. I'm not going budget, so I don't know why I said that. I'm personally going Josh Allen. And if you're going with the optimizers, for some reason, it's Mac Jones's name this week. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I will give you the information. Running back. McCaffrey got the targets last week, but now new quarterback, new coach. So I'm not sure if that's what I want to chase this week. Saquon, I like him a lot now that he's under 8000 bucks going against the Ravens defense. It's actually been getting quite gashed a bit. Uh, I like Saquon. Fournette. I think we've officially changed his name to Lenny Cornette. We play him almost every week and very willing to go back to the well. Congrats to Lenny, now priced over 7 k Still worth it, in my opinion. He deserves it. Uh, very okay. Always going back to the Lenny Fournette uh, well. Alvin Kamara. Might be at a nice discount this week, especially with Olave out and Taysom Hill coming off an insane game. Getting Kamara at that price tag... Very, very, very intriguing. Again, I said I like the Saints as a home dog. I think I really might be playing Kamara. For some value options, Ramondre, full workload this week? That's a question. It's a rhetorical question. Now I'm going to answer it. And I kind of think no. The Patriots don't really do that where they give a, where they give a guy a full workload. I can't speak. But he's going to get a lot of volume, and at 6K, I still really like him, and we know he catches the ball. So Ramondre, still probably core this week. It's going to be hard not to play Ramondre. He's going to be very heavy chalk, but a really good play. Devin Singletary, sure, if you want to get action on this uh, Bills-Chiefs game, don't mind Singletary at all. Obese has a chance of getting 10 targets, 8 catches, a lot of PPR action. Brees Hall, 5,800 for a guy who had 20 opportunities and is crazy explosive. I don't even think you're chasing last game if you go with Brees this week. At 5,800, that's definitely an option. Raheem Mostert is a name that's in a lot of the early optimizer lineups. We know Minnesota, the opponent for Miami this week, plays really fast and they can't stop the run. So I like Mosty. He's probably going to be a bit chalky, but he also might be in the core. The next name I need to talk about is Kenneth Walker. I think he's going to be played a lot because of how popular his name is in the season-long space, and he's going to be cheap, and he's going to potentially get a lot of workload. I'm not going to go to the Kenneth Walker spot yet. I see a 50-50 split with DJ Dallas now for a few weeks until Kenneth Walker gets his rhythm. So for that reason, I'm skipping Kenneth Walker this week. Eno Benjamin. If James Conner's out, Eno Benjamin is an absolute must-start, will be heavy chalk, but you do it anyways, and he will be core. Let's move on to the wide receivers. Must-win situation for the Rams. You can definitely go back to Cooper Cup again. I know I talked about how I like the Panthers at a plus 11, but that doesn't mean the Rams still aren't the biggest favorite on the entire board. 
Rams projected to win by 10, 10 and a half, 11 at some spots. That means Cup is going to be heavily involved. That means a lot of people are predicting a bounce back spot for the Rams. Love Cooper Cup this week. Give him 14 catches, 140 yards, and two touchdowns. How surprising is that to anyone? Not at all. Uh, Stefan Diggs. Yup, because he's going to be in a shootout. If you want to go with Josh Allen, you want to pair him with Diggs, I ain't got a problem with it. Justin Jefferson, yes, because he's Justin Jefferson, and he could have any week where he has that, like, 120 yards and it's still the first half. Tyreek. I'm not doing Tyreek this week because of the quarterback situation in Miami. Not where I'm going to pay up if the quarterback situation is super shaky. I can tell you guys I'm definitely paying up for one of the big-time wide receivers this week. It's probably Cup. So I'm going to pivot and give you guys some value options. I'm not going to chase with Gabe Davis in that uh, Chiefs game. But he had four touchdowns against them last year. And then he had another two huge touchdowns last week. So I think Gabe Davis is going to be star-starred in the Chiefs' defensive game plan this week. And for that reason, because he's a very boomer bust player, that's not the direction that I'm going to go. That feels like a bit of a chase. If I'm playing into this Chiefs-Bills game, I'm going Allen. I'm going Diggs. Maybe I'm going Isaiah McKenzie. He just got cleared out of concussion protocol. You can go with the reverse stack of, of MVS for the Chiefs last week. He really came on huge. You can go for a guy like Mecole Hardman, Khalil Shakur. There's some really good volume. There's some really good value targets in this Chiefs-Bills potential shootout. Tyler Boyd, if Higgins is out. Romeo Dobbs in a Green Bay now must-win situation. George Pickens going against Tampa. The Steelers are probably going to be throwing a lot of the game. They're projected to lose by 8.5 points. Pickens is clearly getting a lot of the targets. Only a little bit over 4000 bucks. I really like Pickens. If he's another 9-target week and gets 7 catches for 70 and maybe a touchdown, that will absolutely smash uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, again, I mentioned it before, at 4,500 in the Chiefs-Bills game, I love him. He really showed out well for Monday Night Football. I really think you can play MVS. Ooh, I'm scrolling down the list on DraftKings. Here's one more that I absolute love. Let's lock it in for me right now and call him core this week. Rondell Moore at 4,200 is an absolute must-start this week. He played like 95% of the Cardinals' passing downs. They were actively trying to get him involved. He has no more injury designation. He has a full role. We have no Hopkins this week, perhaps no James Conner, and they're playing the Seahawks with sharp action on the Cardinals. You must play Rondell Moore. Core, lock it in. Okay, under Rondell, I don't really see any other receivers that I'm comfortable playing. Let's move on to tight end. Travis Kelsey, oh my God, in that crazy shootout game, definitely an option. Other than that, uh, Tyler Higby, the volume is super reliable. Tight ends, man, so weak. We do this every year where it's a total ghost land. If you're not going to go with Kelsey, Higby would be the next choice. If you're not going to go with Kelsey or Higby, I'd go super budget and go Hayden Hurst, Hunter Henry, or like... Kate Otten if Brayton is still out. That's really all I'm seeing for tight end. Okay, let's move on to defense. 
Panthers D is the cheapest option on the board, and they're going against the Rams, who allow some of the most points to opposing defenses. So could you play the Panthers? Yes, you definitely could. I would not recommend playing both the Panthers and Cooper Cup. That is a little bit of a reverse stack that does not make sense. But if you're not going to play Cup, if you're going to play a guy like Diggs, go ahead and play the Panthers D. I, I, I think the Rams' offense is pretty trash and not that explosive. It might be a get-right week for them, but you can spend very little money and go against it and have extra cash to spend up in other areas. Jaguars will, should be an option. Saints should be an option. And if you're going to spend up, um, Bucks would be my choice. Or the Rams. But there's no way I have money for a spend up this week. I'm probably going Panthers. In fact, let's move on to the core and lock that in right now. My core for week six will include Josh Allen, Rondell Moore, Panthers defense, and Ramondre Stevenson. Now, I'm leaving it open for you guys by giving you Rondell Moore, Panthers defense, and Ramondre. Those are three good value plays that I'm placing in the core. Josh Allen is obviously a spend up, but you have to do that in cash games this, this year with how crazy quarterbacks at the top are outperforming quarterbacks at the bottom. So Josh Allen, Rondell Moore, Panthers defense, Ramondre, and then with the rest of your budget, I would pick people in that Chiefs-Bills game. That is the spot that I would play into. That is a total of 53.5. I would be looking at the Kelseys, the MVS, the Jujus, the Mecole Hardmans, the Isaiah McKenzies, Diggs. Those are the spots that I would look to try and fill out a lot of the rest of my lineup. All right. That wraps up the pod for week six. I will not be here for the rest of the week. There will be no Thursday pod. There will be no Sunday, Saturday pod. There will be no Sunday live YouTube stream. But I will be back next week. Again, we will go back to a normal schedule next week. Tuesday, spend up edition. Thursday, value spotting. Saturday, core four. And talking about betting throughout the week. As always, peace out. You sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. 
Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.